0: You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Buckner, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. I am your host, civilian police chaplain Paul Buckner, and uh, sitting here uh, with my delicious got your six coffee this morning because I need it because it's early. It's early. I record these episodes, uh, just depends on when I have time, but I'll record them sometimes quite early in the morning. And uh, th- this morning is one of those mornings the house is nice and quiet, enjoying my coffee. And this one is near and dear my heart. It's something I haven't really gone into. And I, I'm talking today about the topic of what does a police chaplain do? I can't speak for every police chaplain but I, I can speak for myself when I talk about what I do and things that I know that other police chaplains do. And uh, I can tell you that uh, being a police chaplain can actually be, and it's gonna sound weird. It can actually be a lonely thing. Um, it's, it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. And it has that for contrast. And, uh, those things do seem to be, uh, very, um, opposite in nature and uh by contrast but so going back to go forward i attended a, a class for chaplains and i want to actually have the chaplain on there that was teaching us uh, i want to have him on this podcast that's something that we have been talking about he and i uh we hit it off i have a lot of respect for him and um so what i do as a police chaplain and what others do may differ but where to start so so first off um being a police chaplain can be a very lonely thing. If you're thinking about getting into being a police chaplain, maybe you'll be fortunate enough to be part of a big department. In my area, there really are not a lot of police chaplains. I actually frequently bump into people who go, I didn't even know we had one in this county. Um, And I kind of. I don't travel outside of my county a lot as a chaplain, but I have a great opportunity to visit with people and um, you won't often get a lot of feedback. I mean, you're working in an alpha male, alpha female community, and so you won't often get a lot of feedback uh, saying, "Hey, thank you." Um, it gets better over time, especially as as we develop cultures within our departments, and uh, so it, it can be a very lonely thing. And I didn't realize just how much so because I was kind of making up my playbook as I went. Didn't realize how much it was uh kind of a lonely journey until uh i was in this class and i was looking around the room and listening to people tell their stories and there were folks from different backgrounds that were uh in the class and and they chaplained fire departments or were going to or whatever that's it's a different it's a different thing to sit there and listen to other people and go wow this is this is my tribe and um so basically, you have formal things that a lot of police chaplains do. Maybe um, they, are, they are there for events. They might have formal attire. There's a uniform that they're expected to wear. And I've seen people that um, they're all about that. I do not currently have a formal uniform. And uh, sometimes they're there for ribbon ceremonies, for awards and things like that. And that's great um i have been several times present for officers receiving awards and placards and certificates and different things like this some for valor or just being an exceptional officer at whatever they do and that's something that in a lot of environments you're not going to hear about Uh, i was talking to a young officer this week uh, that he said you know he had saved a man who was running at a train to kill himself and tackled him to the ground and was able to get the guy care. And he said, you know, had I been in a bigger department, I probably would have had, you know, uh, some type of an award on my wall. And and so sometimes there's differences, budgetary mindset, a lot of different, different differences between departments. And, uh, but anyway, sometimes you'll have the chaplain be there for cer- ceremonies and things like that they will attend funerals formal functions they might go and represent the department um, on behalf of some you know go to an event on behalf of the department they might be asked to speak um I don't get a lot of that so there are definitely chaplains who do the very formal side of things I'm more like the in the trenches chaplain and i'm i've always been a unicorn in life i've always been just a little bit different anybody that's gotten to know me for very long knows i'm different but i am an in the trenches chaplain um some folks the expectation is maybe with that department that you go and see the chaplain well i go see you if if i'm your chaplain and i will typically go ride now i've had people call me and or text me and i'm very deeply honored hit me up through messenger uh, and they'll be like, Hey, I, I need, I need my chaplain. I need a ride along. It's been too long and they've got something they've seen, or they just, they just miss the company. And, uh, one of my friends who was a military chaplain, he said, Paul, you, you have a ministry of presence. And he's actually the one who helped me to understand that I was a chaplain and that's worth unpacking. Um, I, I started off helping departments get equipment in a very broke area, high po- poverty area. And they just couldn't get equipment. And, and some of the things, if you get certain grants, there's certain things you have to do to get those grants that, that take the autonomy away from that department. And so there's a lot of small departments that are very concerned about certain grants and things. So not every grant is gonna really help them. So I started helping these different departments, started with one in particular. And then pretty soon other departments were like, well, would you like to come ride with us? And I've been able to help. Departments across more than one county um, and actually in two states uh, physically with equipment. And that has been an honor. And I, there are people who are doing what I did uh, and, and with greater success. We've got a local chief that's just amazing at getting equipment and, and being able to help other departments with that equipment. And uh, I've helped departments get bandages, literally practice ammunition, um, firearms, cars radios, tower equipment, computers, and, and God is good. I, I've got a big mouth and I know people, and I just started talking to folks going, hey, we've got some problems here. And this was far before, this was a decade before the, the whole defund the police movement that is so ridiculous. It's just the dumbest thing ever. And a lot of these people that are that are trying to do this in these cities, they want to defund police departments, and then they wonder why they're not getting a police response at all. And uh, which just breaks my heart. The logic fails. But anyway, coffee sip break. You have some chaplains that do very formal things. I am an in the trenches chaplain and I got my start uh, by helping get equipment. And then pretty soon it was a prayer over a meal. And then I'd be fixing a computer at a department and there'd be one officer on duty, sometimes the chief, and I would hear the call over the radio to a violent situation or a potentially dangerous situation. And I'm not one to stay in the in the bleachers. I'm not one to stay in the dugout. If there's a problem, I'm on the field it's just who god made me to be and so i would look at this this chief or this officer and go do you want company and it started with one department and i have ridden with many departments and um uh, i've gotten calls you know nine forty five at night paul we got a problem i need you at my department and that has ranged from broken computer equipment all the way to we've got a juvenile that's been kicked out of his house and he needs a place to stay or whatever and uh, and actually the, the young man in question in this story was actually 17. So he, it, he wasn't going to the juvenile authority or anything like that. And that's actually a cool story in and of itself, how how God worked in that young man's life. So I, I bring faith with feet on it and I get faith with feet on it. That sounds like a book. Um, I, I like that. I get into the car and I go and i'm definitely a unicorn Um, i've been in some pretty wild situations because because of it i've been out sometimes almost all night Uh, doesn't happen very often i've been on the side of the road helping direct traffic and a lot of times you're you're in the vehicle you're listening to what they've been through you're talking about life and i find myself in this position of being a mentor that's one of the biggest things i do and so you ride with someone sometimes you sit with them at a department i've gone down on holidays um, there's been times that my wife has had something going on on a holiday and, uh, that didn't involve me and I'll go, w- go with a department and sit with them or bring them a holiday dinner. And, uh, there's a church locally that I work with that, excuse me, on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving day, they actually take dinners out to sometimes over 600 people, but they take them out to different areas. And one of the things that they do is uh, they take them to police departments to dispatch and and to the jail and things like this and i deeply respect that um because i've I've had people tear up and say i it's the first time i've ever missed uh you know a thanksgiving dinner with my family and um and they appreciate that and this is a this is a you know like a styrofoam you know to-go container that has thanksgiving dinner in it it's it's got everything and Um, that's one of the things I'm most passionate about about Thanksgiving is actually going around and handing those out and so I've started several different things there's actually a movement locally in my area Um, I started this thing a long time ago called Southwest Missouri Adopt-a-Cop and the Adopt-a-Cop idea was not a new idea but my idea was um, trying to get people involved outside of you know stupid jokes and saying things you know in stores or whatever trying to get people to understand how to genuine genuinely thank an officer for what they do which is getting better Uh, it's getting better i was at dinner with a young officer the other night and somebody stopped and um thanked him for his service and you know he was wearing a he was wearing an nra shirt and of course you have to if you know anything about me i'm very pro second amendment and unapologetic unapologetically so and so um it's getting better by the way people are thanking and so i was commenting on his nra shirt and uh he had stickers all over his vehicle that were pro pro constitution and pro law enforcement and we need people in this country that realize that you can be both and uh so um and that's another thing that i champion champion is constitutional law enforcement and helping officers to understand how to honor somebody's constitutional rights uh, or when, or when you have to, because w- when you are detaining somebody, you're, you know, 10th amendment and all this, you're, you're doing your duty that, that God called you to do. I feel you're doing the thing that you were sworn to do. Um, but you can still treat that person with some kind of respect. And I've seen officers that are incapable of that. And it's really not a place they need to be working, but I've seen people that sometimes at the worst moments of that officer's life or of the, rather the other way around, of the individual's life, they're able to speak life into them. And that's probably one of the biggest things I do because I'm kind of rambling. That's, it's a gift of mine. Um, I swerve all over the conversation, but I get in the cab of the vehicle and I go with officers and I speak life into the officer. And I and I speak life oftentimes into the person that's been arrested. Now, there's times I do and times I don't. Depends on what the opening is. Some people are very um, are very hostile to any any conversation in the back of a cop car. I remember the other other night I was actually with one department and they had two officers on at the same time and i was literally like a chinese fire drill only i was in the passenger seat uh, as things were going on i was bouncing vehicle to vehicle and that was a first i've done that a little bit this was a huge first because i was actually i was actually uh bouncing vehicle to vehicle due to who had the greater risk situation and they were backing each other on calls And, uh, and so, you know, this person was going to go chase a DUI later and I would go jump in with the other one and I have a medical bag and I would go jump in with that other person. It was, it was quite the evening and they both got a kick out of it, but they know that I'm there to watch their back. And I've had that happen many, many times, but that night was like the most prolific. And I get to have these really cool conversations with officers where there's mentoring or, Sometimes I'm the big brother. Sometimes I'm the brother. um, Sometimes I'm the father figure. It just depends on where that relationship is. And I build a a relationship with officers where not only do they know that they're loved, but they know that I would lay down my life for them. And that's a very serious thing. It's not something, I mean, when an officer calls you brother, uh, that's that's a thing. That means something. And so I've been blessed where officers have called me brother, and and almost all of them do, which is a good place for, um, for our sponsor break and coming back. But being that brother in that in that seat next to that person and being there for them is one of the biggest things that I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick sponsor break and we'll come back. So I'm blessed to have three sponsors, and uh, I absolutely appreciate them. And uh, I love hearing the stories of how how what they do changes uh, things for people. And so, first off, I have John Lee O'Reilly with Gentle Response, and he teaches um, he teaches de escalation beyond anything I've ever seen. And it's a very hands on, um, very live fire. You know, you can academically talk about firearms. Uh, or you can go to the range and learn to shoot them and he does that with de-escalation where it's live action he puts you under stress in scenarios it's incredible and i've seen it impact church safety teams i've seen it impact uh, law enforcement and he he does work in the corporate world and does work for private individuals being able to de-escalate a situation means that you may not have to go hands-on and i have seen good de-escalation good what what people would refer to as verbal judo and I would say that what he does goes beyond verbal judo. So shout out to you, buddy. John Leo O'Reilly with, with a gentle response. Uh, secondly, got your six coffee, which is my favorite coffee in the world. Uh, recently, I got an opportunity to spend the day again with the owner and the founder. And I am, I am blessed to be a founding member. So I got to go and spend the day with Eric Hadley. And, and as he's. Uh, looking for new opportunities and growing his company and watching where that's going Um, he's got a podcast coming down the pipe just watching things change and and seeing god develop got your six coffee and if you've never heard of them what they do uh although if you've ever heard one of my podcasts odds are you've probably heard about them uh is they take the power of coffee which millions of people drink at least one coffee every day i might drink more than that by a lot but they drink coffee every day And what they do is they take the net profits past what it costs them to survive. And they give them away to law enforcement, EMT, paramedic and uh, firefighter causes, veteran causes. I dearly, dearly, dearly love this company, the family behind it and what they do. So if you drink coffee, I drink coffee with purpose. And uh, I told Eric, the founder and CEO, I said, in the bottom of your cups, you need to have a little logo down there or whatever. And it needs to say, you changed a life today because you do and uh, I could drink Folgers or Maxwell House or any number of different coffees and I have but I like and I like this coffee it's award-winning and it changes lives thirdly Matt Combs with Shieldforce International and uh, I'm actually going to be coming up on a class with him uh, here in about a month and I'm really excited about that because it's a class I've never taken and I am a training junkie anybody who knows me personally if people know me from the church safety guys on the in the uh, church security world uh, we have a podcast and a live broadcast that we do i am a training junkie and i love the way that so, some people collect guns or or toy cars or whatever i collect training and uh you will never find yourself in a situation where you go gee i wish i hadn't trained this much for this or that much for this. Um, and Matt Combs teaches an incredible variety of topics into the law enforcement world. He's very high speed, he's a martial artist, um, he's an excellent police officer, and he he teaches, whether it's surviving the ambush, which is very pertinent in today's day, uh, any number of topics along that line that he teaches uh, into the law enforcement world, and also into private security, executive protection, and uh, church safety so if you are in any of those environments check out shield force international and my buddy matt combs telling paul Buckner said hi so coming back to our conversation i'm kind of all over the map and that's kind of my personality anyway so i i started off doing like the it thing into departments and i talked to this gentleman that um he Uh, he's a retired army chaplain. And he's like, you have a ministry of presence. And he's like, you're a chaplain. And I kind of had almost argued with him like, no, yeah. And I realized I had gone from being this crazy guy that goes into these departments and helps them revamp their networks and, and get their, uh, and get their computers up to date and, and get them working right. So they can, they can get all the reports done and everything where some of these computers were so desperately slow, or just not functional, Uh, in some of these departments, they'd have five computers and two or three of them would even work. Uh, You know, some of them were so desperately slow that people were lining up to use one computer. And, you know, unacceptable stuff from my standpoint, all the way over two departments that were using equipment that was broken um, or duct taped together. Then it became this thing where it became, as my friend said, a ministry of presence. You know, it wasn't just saying grace at the dinner table. It was praying with them when when life had hurt when things were terrible and checking on them i've been there for divorces i've been there for babies being born i've been there for for weddings and for funerals and uh doing life i've helped people move any number of times and new homeowners and i've i've gotten to speak some some mentorship into some of these young lives especially as well i mean um what you can't see from where you're look, if if you're looking at me and i apologize if you have to look at me if you're lucky, maybe you're listening to the, to the audio version of this podcast. On the other side of my set that you can't see, I have a library of books. And I'm a Dave ramsey and I can see from where I'm sitting, I can see several of his books. And um, I will speak some of that life advice into, um, into uh, their lives. And I've had uh, a young officer that when he bought his second house uh, with his family... Um, he has a positive cash flow on that because there is a there is a, a little apartment on the property that almost pays his house payment for him it takes a huge amount of stress off of a relationship off of a marriage and i i love those kinds of things those are little victories to me or when when people when people figure out how to get out of debt and i've had officers that are that are starting the the countdown i try to take stressors off of people's lives and i've talked about this way back early probably early season one of this podcast here we are pretty late season two and in the course of this i um i talked about the fact that there's three big marriage killers they three big stressors on a relationship and you have money you have adultery and you have how you choose to raise your children and if you can conquer those three those three beasts and get them under control um, it takes a huge amount of the stress off of a relationship, and understanding money, which a lot of people don't, understanding how to use money instead of being controlled by bad money decisions, uh, takes a lot of stress off of a relationship. Getting on the same page with your spouse when it comes to money is huge. Uh, and then adultery is pretty pass fail. Don't be don't be uh, hitting somebody up in their DMs. Um, don't be flirting with people outside of your marriage, focus all of that attention. And I think it was the book, Every Man's Battle by Steven Arterburn that talked about uh, don't, you know, don't be snacking on M&Ms all day long, be headed home for that steak dinner at home. And uh, it's a paraphrase. And I think that's the book that's from. It's been years since I've read the book uh and then thirdly how you choose to raise your children um when will the kids get something in life Uh, when do they you know how do they when do they get their bicycle and different things like that and um and uh what kind of discipline how do you speak to your children how do you love your children and if you can conquer those three beasts you can get through most situations in a relationship and and learning how to speak to each other and so i do a lot of that and uh, you know maybe this isn't a hill worth dying on i proverbially i've had these officers you know they're standing out on their front porch smoking a cigarette at 10 o'clock at night and they're like so had the first fight with the wife and, you know, they're newlyweds. And I'm like, really, what's what's the fight? You know, what happened? And they're like, uh, found out I fold the towels wrong. And uh, you're, you're taking two different people with two very different backgrounds, with two very different personalities, with two very different conscious and unconscious set of goals and boundaries and, and all these things that happen in life. you got two very different people that have been slammed together in the same household because you think each other are hot. And, uh, and you know that will only get you so far. And so I do a lot of things like uh recommending um Mark Gunger, uh Pastor Mark Gunger's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, because there's so many things that 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 he's got a four four and a half hour DVD set. You can buy it. It's not, it's best money I ever spent on my marriage. And I've got a young couple right now going through it. And I'm looking forward to finding out Sunday how that has gone for them. So I do a lot of mentoring Um, and like I said, I've been at their weddings, I've been to the funerals and I actually, in one instance, I was very deeply honored. I got a phone call, there had been a death. It was a a friend in the law enforcement community and a man that I didn't know as well as I would have liked to have known him. And which is a shame because just where life was and, and our schedules, I couldn't get with him. And although I worked with his department, I didn't ride with him like I wanted to. And uh, that's one of those things that I can't do anything about it, but I wish I had been able to do so. And so um, I'm like, I'll help any way I can. And then I start getting these phone calls uh you're in charge of this or whatever and can you help with that or what would you do with this and i i stepped in and i was like well i'm out of my depth but let's do this and made some phone calls and we we actually had a gentleman come out as a a type of honor guard and and there was a flag folding and all these different things and it was handed off to the family and these a lot of these small departments they don't have the budgets for the for the dress uniforms and and uh in some cases you'll have a sheriff's department that will actually have uh, an honor guard or similar, and we were able to actually get a get a gentleman to come from another sheriff's department in another county and actually uh, go to the funeral and do that. And I thanked him for it, and it, it was it was just a huge, unbelievably huge honor. And uh, coordinated parking. Um, there were some security concerns. Got some folks there to handle the security side of things. And when they did the the final, the final radio call, the last call, which by the way, I, I can't get through one of those without just weeping, you know, without just having tears running down my face. Um, I, was, I was asked to coordinate where the vehicles were parked and it's kind of a small town thing and there were quite a few officers there and there were officers there representing departments around the area. And um, then they put the last call out over the radio. That was intense. And uh, I don't believe there was a single dry eye there among law enforcement and quite a few of us and working with the family, that was a huge honor. And that's something that some chaplains do. It just depends on, I think, what the chaplain is called to in their comfort level. And many of these things are very physical. Um, I had a pastor and a friend for 21 years. Uh, His name is David Munoz and he's passed away. He's with the Lord now, but he was one of my best friends in my entire life uh and was very much my my best friend at the time and i learned a huge amount of things from him a very human man very real and uh i learned a lot of things from him and and one of them was he, he very much had a ministry of presence he was there when things happened and one of the things that he taught me was that people will always remember where you were and and how you conducted yourself during the best of times and the worst of times were you there for the wedding were you there for the funeral and i've talked about this before but this really has impacted me as a person were you there for the wedding were you there for the funeral were you there when the baby was born were you there when the car wreck happened were you there when when that person was laid up in you know in the hospital after the surgery and how did you conduct yourself were you a butt or were you helpful were you loving and kind were you patient were you a jerk and you know, did you bring drama to the situation, or did you help things to to run smoothly? And that is something I've never forgotten. He was literally there for me uh, when my when my youngest stepdaughter had a wreck, and we were on the side of the road, and he was there in a matter of minutes. And I've I, it was one of those things he was he was there to help. And I've always tried to be that kind of a chaplain. And I think as, as Christians, and I'm, a, I'm an evangelical Christian, um, I'm a Bible-believing, uh, baptized by immersion, I believe that, that God wants a very real and close relationship with us Christians. I've tried to be that as a mentor, as a friend, as a brother um, for these officers. And I've been honored to get some pretty deep calls. I've had some people unpack some things in their life and open up to me and pour out their heartache and these awful things that have happened to them in life Um, a lot of people see whether it's abuse in childhood or trauma that they've experienced on the job um i had an officer that had been through a terrible physical altercation and he called um and he's like i want to talk to you and he had told his department he's like i want to talk to paul i'm not a counselor so i don't do counseling but I was there to listen, and we talked through what he'd been through. And the, this this guy, uh, we give him a hard time, but he actually, um, he actually experienced uh, someone trying to kill him. Somebody shot at him, and, and he actually got hit by some pellets. Uh, and, and he survived, and he's fine. But within one year, he'd been in an altercation that most officers never experience in their entire lives, their entire careers. Or if they do, it's a one-in-20-year thing. And within a year, somebody had shot him. And uh, like I said, he, he recovered fine. He was treated and released. But we got to talk about those things. And a lot of my ministry is perspective. I talked to a gentleman uh, Sunday, and we we talked for over three hours. Great guy, not law enforcement, but has family who is. And I've gotten to know him. And I, I told him, I said, a lot of what I do is helping people to have perspective, to get perspective. And, and this man's a, a martial artist. He's been a, a fighter. Uh, he was a pretty well-known fighter and uh, i said you know you've rolled a punch off your chin and he's, and he's like yeah, yeah I've rolled a punch off my chin and i said well you can take a punch square onto your chin and you know tweak the nerve and, and it knock you out or you can take the same punch and if you see it coming you can roll it off and it will let you you can actually come out the other side of that and still be in the fight life is about perspective um for instance um several times now i have had veterans turn to me and say hey you're not just a chaplain for police officers paul Wagner you're my chaplain buddy. And I've got a gentleman right now um, that I work with who is probably not going to get off of his bed. He's probably on his deathbed, And I try to be there for them. And uh, there was a gentleman, uh, two gentlemen that I worked with. One, um, one was a Marine veteran and another one was a Navy veteran. And I was working with them uh, through my pastor. And uh, he was bringing me along for the ride, but he knew there's a a special flavor to my crazy that seems to resonate with people. And so he turns around and he says, uh, uh, come with me. So I get there and, and this gentleman was dying of cancer. I got to really know this Marine very, very well. And I was unbelievably honored when he passed. I was his only emergency contact. And that's not what I was going for, but that's what happened and had some family issues and things that had happened. And, and I got the call when he passed and we even planned a, false, a small uh, funeral service for him. So um, go to the hospital. This gentleman's in, on his hospital bed. He's just ate up with cancer. Um, he's going to pass. He knows the Lord. I know where he's going to go. And he says uh, he was talking about the situation. I said, you know, I'm really glad that God gave this challenge uh, to you. Uh, and he looked at me and he's like, why would you say that? I said, because you're a Marine. I said, if he'd given this to a Navy guy, it killed him already. And he just sat up a little straighter and he's like, you're darn right. And he kind of he kind of laughed and, you know, but he after that, his perspective was better and it can be silly little things like that all the way over to where somebody has experienced holding a child as they die and me opening up to them about how God loves children, about The fact that they were praying for that child as they passed, that child did not pass alone. And as a Bible-believing Christian, the Word of God says that we don't drift around the world after we die. It says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with God. And this um, this child, he was there for the handoff. This child went to be with the Lord. And I've seen that Paul, I needed that. I've seen that. That's that's something I try to bring to the table back to this the veteran thing uh when this navy veteran was laying there and he did recover i lived a few more years and i believe he has passed since if i recall the story correctly but i said you know i'm really glad that god gave this challenge to to you why would you say that well as a navy man i mean you know have got to given this challenge to somebody from the coast guard this had killed him not this had killed him dead and he's like you're darn right well life is just about perspective and it gave him something to think about you know they have the the spree decor the 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 i came from this background you know concept and it made them made them look at the situation differently and square their shoulders and carry their carry themselves a little bit higher you know and perspective is everything um I I've talked to people who've been people have tried to stab them. people have tried to shoot them these are officers I've talked to officers that have been through terrible car accidents and um being able to put a perspective on something and understand hey this and, and this is powerful my pastor who passed away David he taught me this and he would say um there's three things that, about going through trauma that you have to be able to understand to come out the other side of it you have to be able to out loud say this is this is what happened to me it will not define me and you have to forgive yourself the circumstances the other person God you have to be able to forgive and let it go and forgiveness and I've talked about this in prior episodes that's another thing I work a lot with with these young officers forgiveness unforgiveness is a prison that we put ourselves in And then we wonder why the other person wanders around like nothing's wrong. We're the one that's the prisoner inside of this hate and this thing. And and by not letting these things go, it literally damages our health. It affects us um, and it destroys our lives. It can destroy our marriages and relationships. It's terrible until we set ourselves free by forgiving. Um, Unforgiveness is like drinking a little bit of poison every day and waiting for the other person to die. It doesn't work that way but by letting it go i've seen relationships restored and i'm, I'm actually working with a gentleman now um, who's struggling very much with some forgiveness issues and um i love seeing people overcoming things i i've had couples get back with me and say hey that laugh your way uh, to a better marriage TV said it's amazing and it really helped my wife and i to hit the reset button praise god and that's if i was going to be remembered for anything to, to wrap this up there's a lot of crazy things that chaplains do. They do death notifications. Um, there's very formal things that some chaplains do. Not so much me in my small town department. Probably at some point I'll end up doing some of the the bigger things, but I'm not looking for them. I want to be in the trenches helping these officers to, to do life. I want to do life with them. And I... I, I, I try to get in there and slug it out with them. And I, I recently had, my brain was going to something, but I recently had a uh, an officer that was really having a rough time and I couldn't get him on the phone. So I made some phone calls and I found out where he was at and I went to him and he came back to the house he was staying at and I was sitting there on the front porch reading a book, waiting on him. And he's like, how did you find me? And I'm like, I chaplain like 40 cops, I'm gonna find you. And uh, he kind of laughed and he's like, what are you up to today? I said, you, because I love him. He knows that I love him. And um, scripture says, by your love, will they know you've been with me? And that's who I try to be. And doing life with these guys, I'm deeply honored. I have several officers now that are in church and they credit me as being part of that. Um, I have officers that are raising their, their children and, and buying their homes and doing different things. One young officer recently bought a home and just slammed headfirst into being a homeowner. Major problems that he's having with that house. And I think he's about got him licked, but um, lots of things that go on with that. And um, just challenges on the journey of of doing life and doing life together. Probably one of the biggest honors I have is when a police officer calls me and says, hey, Been too long brother you need to come ride with me or i get a text message do you want to go to dinner and sometimes they need to talk about deep things and sometimes they just want company and um that is a huge honor so how to land this plane lord god how to land this plane how to finish this episode Sometimes I feel very inadequate. That's actually, that's actually where I wanted to go with this. Thank you, Lord. I, <laughs> I don't pretend to have any superpowers or anything special about me, but when I get in the cab of that vehicle or when I'm talking to somebody, I don't, I don't have all of the answers. Trust me, but I kind of, I, I want to phone a friend, you know, and I don't know how many times I've been in a situation like that where some life experience, some story, some Bible verse, some way of doing life that came to mind as I was praying about how to, you know, do I only listen to this or do I, do I offer a thought? Something has come to mind and I've had somebody turn to me and go, well, you shared that story and you couldn't possibly know this because I've never shared this with anybody, but I had this thing happen over here. And, and the story I had shared that had come to mind Perfectly dovetailed. It perfectly matched their experience. And it was a story of success and triumph and overcoming. I believe we serve a mighty big God. And that is what I try to bring to the table is Paul Buckner, nothing special here, but I serve a mighty big God and he can do anything. And I've had officers tell me, like jokingly, all the way to like freaked out, serious, go, you be careful what you pray for. I've seen God answer your prayers. And um and I and I'm thankful for that. There's nothing special about Paul Buckner. It's all about God, and if I can, if I can be all things to all people, whereby some might be saved, uh, then that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to do my best to be in the trenches, slugging it out, taking care of these men and women, uh, so that they can take care of us. I mean, my my goal is to keep good cops behind badges. I've been doing it for over 10 years now and I'll do it as long as the Lord will let me. I'll do it as long as the departments will have me. So on that note, I'm gonna pray this episode out. Um, I didn't mean for it to be 40 minutes long, but it is. So Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for the journey you have me on. I thank you for the ministry that you've given me. I thank you for my wife and my kids and my family and all the things that I've seen you do with my life. You've taken a very messed up, very broken individual and, and as you heal me and patch me up i get opportunities to work with other folks i thank you for my ministry and lord god i ask that you bless that you guide and you protect these men and women that you that you bend the bullets around them that you cause the bad guy to stumble when the bad guy comes after them. lord god that you keep these men and women safe that you heal them lord god i ask that you would help this podcast to reach the right ears that it would bless those that need to hear it and i ask this in your son jesus name Guys, let's do this again. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.